to uh, continue. If you've uh, if you've not been with us over the last few weeks, uh, we're doing this thing called Forty Days in the Word. I hope you've all got a uh, an outline. Uh, if not, there may be some left at the back. We're doing this thing called Forty Days in the Word, where we are encouraging people uh, to love the Word, uh, to learn the Word. And of course, most importantly, to live the word. That's what we've been about these uh, these last few weeks. And uh, we're trying to get people to, to recognize that the Bible is still relevant today. Uh, that it still speaks to us. Um, that it still uh, is God's word to us. And uh, if you can see the cartoon, the little boy's trying to... Uh, turn the Bible on which kind of fits into what we were saying before with the car and actually while that's quite funny because kids today think everything's like touch screen don't they and you have to switch it on actually what I want to say is exactly what this picture says that we do need to turn a switch on this morning before we look at the Bible so uh, I'll come back to that but we've the six messages to listen to in the 40 days uh, six small Bible studies to attend and it's not too late to join uh, a small group Bible study uh, group and of course uh, you'll be taught by uh, Rick Warren in the video he's the uh, charming uh, good looking one on, on your right um, there's uh, memory verses to learn we're encouraging people to learn uh, God's word and there's a new uh, fob for your keyring this morning so do pick up your new tag so it'll help you to uh, learn God's word and uh, there's also 40 daily readings. We're working through this workbook. I've still got just one or two left. If anyone's not got a workbook, it's not too late. And uh, at the rock bottom, bargain price of only seven ninety nine. Bargain. Uh, 40 days worth of uh, Bible readings and studies and will help you. So if you've not got one, uh, do grab one while there's still some left. And of course, we're also... Uh, we're in this modern age now. There's an online devotional. And if anybody's been struggling to get online, Elaine is the expert. She now knows how to get online. So don't come and speak to me. I can tell you, but Elaine's the expert. She will get you on those 40 days daily devotions online. If you've got a computer, you can look at that every day for 40 days. And again, it will encourage you and inspire you to uh, to look at God's word. That's what we're trying to do. We're just encouraging people to read God's word, uh, to love it, to learn it, and of course, to live it. First of the first week, we looked at can we trust the Bible, and we said, yes, we can. And uh, there were seven things we looked at. It's historically accurate, scientifically accurate, prophetically accurate, thematically unified, confirmed by Jesus. It survived all attacks, and it has transforming power. That's what we looked at in the first week. Uh, in the second week, we were looking at how the Bible changes us. We recognise that this book has the power to change people's lives. And uh, we said it's not just by hitting people over the head with the Bible, but it's actually by people reading it and being inspired by God's word. And we said that the Bible changes, it, it recreates my life, it eradicates my guilt, it activates my faith, it stimulates my growth, it illuminates my mind, it elevates my mood... And it liberates my potential. That's what we looked at uh, last week as we saw how the Bible changes people's lives. And uh, today is day 22. Um, just to say, you know, we were talking about guilt last week. Uh, we don't want people to feel guilty about getting behind. If you've got a little bit behind, just come on to day 22 with the rest of us and, and join in at day 22 and, and work on. Uh, don't worry if you get a little bit behind. And of course, the, um, the memory verse for this week is, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's from Psalm 119 verse 11. 
And this week we're thinking about seeing what God wants me to see. This week we're thinking about seeing what God wants me to see. And this is about illumination. Illumination. This is about the fact that God can illuminate his word as we read it. I don't know about you, but I'm getting to that age now where I'm probably a little bit vain. I, I probably do need glasses. I was uh, I was leading some devotions on Thursday night at the uh, NWA council meeting, and I just grabbed a nice small compact Bible that would fit in my uh, little bag. And uh, when I came to open it to read it, I was kind of... Couldn't quite see the words. Unfortunately, it was a passage that I knew quite well, so I, I did kind of ad lib a little bit. But, uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes people people say to me, you know, I've, I've read the Bible, Richard, and it, it, I don't get it. I don't get anything out of it. Well, this morning, if that's you, we're going to show you hopefully how God can actually illuminate Scripture. That every time you come to Scripture, God will speak to you. And uh, we're coming to scripture a lot in these 40 days. We're encouraging people to uh, to read the Bible. And it's about letting the Holy Spirit show me the meaning of God's word and how it applies to my life. Uh, this book is like no other book because as we read it, we can actually speak to the person that's written it or the person that's inspired it. As we're reading God's word, we don't only read God's word, we can actually talk to the person that has inspired scripture. So then... Jesus said, as he was preparing to leave the disciples, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We all need reminders, don't we, Jennifer? We all need reminders. I do as well. Uh, not only is my eyesight failing, but my, my, my memory is starting to fail. It's a sign of old age, isn't it? You know, your, your eyes start to go. My knees went a long time ago. Um, and, and now, you know, I don't always remember things. And you need things to remind you. And Jesus says, he sent the Holy Spirit to help us to understand and illuminate what God has said through his word. So, how does that happen? What happens... When God opens my eyes. This is the first point. If you're following on the sheets. What happens when God opens my eyes? Well, when God opens my eyes. I see the solution to my problem. When God opens my eyes. I see the solution to my problems. And we're just going to quickly look at four different Bible stories this morning. uh, That illustrate how God opens people's eyes. The first thing that happens is. I see the solution to my problem. I'm just going to have a quick snapshot of the the story of of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and their sons in in, uh, Genesis 21. You know the story, don't you? Uh, Abraham uh, and Sarah, they were getting on a bit in in age and, and they didn't have any children. And God promised them that they would have a child, which seemed absolutely ridiculous at their age. And uh, But nothing happened. And so uh, Sarah decided that, that she would um, she would kind of uh, speed it up or, or, or make other arrangements because God's plan didn't seem to be happening. And she offered Abraham uh, her, her handmaiden Hagar and said she could be a surrogate mother. And so Abraham has a child through uh, Hagar. And uh, but that wasn't God's plan. That was Sarah's plan. 
wasn't God's plan. And when uh, when Abraham says, you know, thank you God for the son that you promised, God says, that wasn't the son that I promised. I, you know, I, I, I love um, Ishmael, uh, but that wasn't the son I promised. I promised you and Sarah a son. And God was true to his promise. And you know, you'll know the story. Sarah had herself had a baby, but then she becomes jealous because Ishmael was the firstborn. And so Sarah decides that, you know, she wants to get rid of Hagar and Ishmael. And uh, we pick up the story in Genesis 21.14. It says, Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. And he set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy, kicking them out of the house. She went out of her own and wandered into the deserts. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy Ishmael under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat uh, only starving to, not, they weren't only starving to death they were dying of thirst and as she sat there nearby she began to sob God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Haggai from heaven and said to her what's the matter don't be afraid God has heard the boy crying as he lives there as he lies there lift up the boy and take him to the hand by the hand and I will make him a great nation and uh, we pick up the story in verse 19 when it says it's Haggai and Ishmael then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Then God opened her eyes. The water was there but she just couldn't see it. It needed God to come and open our eyes. And when we come to the scripture, what we need to do is we need to, we need to have our eyes spiritually opened by God. We need to pray when we read scripture to the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see what's already there. The word of God is there. God has spoken through his word, but we need that illumination. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to understand it. So that's the first thing. I see the solutions to my problem. When we have problems, if we go to God's word and we pray that the Holy Spirit will show us, very often we find a solution to our problems. Secondly, I see the barrier to my progress. I see the barrier to my progress. Not only do I see a solution to my problems, I see the barrier to my progress. You might have things in life uh, that you've not been able to do, that you've wanted to do, and it's almost as if somebody's stopping you. Well, sometimes we just need to have our eyes opened. And for this uh, point, we're going to look at the story, a funny story in the Old Testament, in Numbers 22, the story of Balaam and his donkey. Uh, any story with a donkey in, you know, it's, uh, it's worth looking at. Uh, believe me, trust me. Any book title with the word donkey in is probably worth buying. I don't know. I don't know. But there we go. But Balaam and his donkey, you know the story, don't you? Uh, Balaam uh, was God's prophet. Um, but for some reason, he decided that he would go and help a people that weren't God's people. And as he was going along the road, uh, God set an angel in the path to stop him with a sword. But Balaam couldn't see it. But the donkey could see what Balaam couldn't see. And the donkey, uh, donkeys are quite stubborn, refuses to go. And what does Balaam do? He beats the donkey. Beats the donkey. Because he can't see what the donkey can see. And this happens again and again and again. Until finally, until finally, and we pick it up here in uh, in verse 
31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell, fell face down. It was only when God opened his eyes that Balaam was able to see what the donkey couldn't see. It's a, it's a funny and it's a, it's a strange uh, story, isn't it? A talking donkey. Um, but sometimes God uses silly things to, to, to get our attention. And sometimes we are as stubborn as the donkey, aren't we? Sometimes we are stubborn in that we try to do things in our own strength and we don't allow God to open our eyes and see. And sometimes, you know, there are things that get in the way and stop us from doing things that maybe we oughtn't to be doing. Because God didn't want Balaam to go in the direction that he was going and so he tries to stop him. But Balaam couldn't see that until God opens his eyes. You see, we can, uh, we can either allow God to open our eyes or we can get frustrated and we can beat up on people around us. We can get cross and angry with everybody else around us and we can shout at people and we can get annoyed. But the problem isn't them very often. The problem is us because we are frustrated because we are not walking in the way that God wants us to walk. So that's an example of of how we can see the barriers to our progress. So if if you don't feel that you're progressing and growing in your faith, maybe there are things in our lives that we need to allow God to open our eyes so that we can see. Then thirdly, I see the defence for what's attacking me. Anybody here feel under attack? Anybody here, you know, feel that you that, that, that the things working against you? You know, why is it that on a, on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, uh, it's always then that I have problems with my computer. You know, Monday morning it works fine, but when I want to project something on a Sunday morning, there seems to be gremlins in it. For no, no particular reason, things seem to go wrong. And sometimes it feels, doesn't it, that we are under attack, that there are things against us, working against us. And, uh, we can see the defence for what's attacking me. And this, for this one, we're looking at perhaps not such a well-known story. The story of Elisha and the Arameans in, the, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. And uh, this is a great story. It's a story of, of Elisha. In the Old Testament, there was a nation called Aram. The nation of Aram was always at war with Israel, always attacking Israel. But every time they attacked Israel... Uh, God would tell Elisha what was happening and what was going to do, and then Israel would be able to thwart the attacks. And uh, the uh, the king got frustrated in this, the king of Aram, and uh, he said to his people, "There's there's somebody within us that's that's telling the Israelites what's going on because they always seem to know what we're going to do." And somebody says, "No, it's it's not that we've got somebody in our camp. It's that prophet Elisha who tells the king of Israel." So the king says, this is what we'll do. We'll go and capture this prophet. We'll send an army and we'll capture Elisha and then he won't be able to tell uh, the king of Israel what we're doing. And uh, his servant uh, looks out one morning and sees all this, the armies around them and he panics like you would because they're going to be attacked. And Elisha says, don't panic because you can't see that God's armies are all around us. And this time, it's Elisha that prays for the servant's eyes to be opened. Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked up and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. 
And sometimes we cannot see, but you know, God does send his Holy Spirit. Uh, there are such things as, as, as angels that are around us that we can't see. We can't see very often the spiritual battles that are going on. And Elisha can see that he has God on his side. He can see it. And he prays that his servants' eyes will be opened so that they don't need to fear. If you want to know what happens at the end of the story, uh, Elisha prays that God will blind the armies. And then he goes to speak to them. They're looking for Elisha. And he says, oh, you're in the wrong place. Uh, I'll show you where to go. And he takes them right into the heart of the Israelites. And then he prays that God will open their eyes. And they realize that they're surrounded by Israelites. And the king says, what should we do? Um, Should we kill them? And Elisha says, no, feed them. Uh, Send them home. Um, Don't attack them. And that's another good thing about your enemies. Instead of fighting against your enemies, you know, make them your friends. Uh, Feed them and pray for them. Uh, Jesus himself says, you know, uh, pray for those who are enemies, doesn't he? So, you know, we need to be able to see the defense for what's attacking me. We have uh, God's word. We have the Holy Spirit. You know, God is with us. And uh, as Paul says, if God is with us, who can be against us? God is with us. That's the third thing. The fourth thing, we want to see how God is walking with me. And this is a really important one. We want to see how God is walking with me. Because very often when we face troubles, uh, when we feel that we're under attack, uh, we feel almost as if God isn't with us and we just can't see it. And very often we feel isolated and, and alone and it feels almost as if God has abandoned us. And, and how can we change that? Well, we need to be able to see that God is walking with us. And for this, we're looking at a story in the New Testament on the road to Emmaus. The two disciples, you know, after the resurrection, uh, after the, the, the death of Jesus on, on the resurrection day, these two disciples are walking to Emmaus and as far as they know that Jesus is dead. And they've heard rumours about the fact that Jesus has come back to life. But basically they can't believe it. They can't see it because they'd seen Jesus die. And as they're walking along, again a funny story because Jesus comes and walks along with them. But they don't recognise him. And he talks to them and he opens up scriptures and explains it to them. But it's only when Jesus sits down with them and breaks bread with them that their eyes are suddenly opened. Jesus was with them all the time. But it's only when... Jesus broke the bed. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. And sometimes it's like that in life. We can't see Jesus with us, especially when we face times of difficulty and trouble. But scripture promises us that God is there with us always. He never abandons us. He never leaves us. And we need to pray that God will open our eyes so that we can see that, so that we can experience and know that Jesus is with us. And so next time you feel isolated and alone, pray that God will open your eyes to be able to see Jesus with you. Just as he did with those two disciples. Just as he did with those two disciples. So four ways in, 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 in examples of, of ways in which God illuminates, God opens people's eyes. What happens when God opens my eyes? I see how God is walking with me. And then very quickly, just uh, four, five things. Preparing to see what God wants me to see. If we're going to see what God wants us to see, first of all, I must begin a relationship with Jesus. I must begin a relationship with Jesus. Now, most of you are already there. You've already begun a relationship with Jesus. But if you haven't, then this is what you need to do. 
Um, if you're reading scripture and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to fully understand, you're not going to be able to see what God wants you to see. Uh, Jesus, uh, or rather, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Before I became a Christian, I thought Christians were balmy. I thought they were mad. I thought they didn't know what they were talking about. I thought the Bible didn't make any sense. I didn't think it, I believed it. And then when my open, my eyes were opened and I accepted Jesus into my heart and into my life, it all changed. And I saw things differently because God had opened my eyes. Jesus himself says, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. We cannot see God's kingdom unless we are in it and part of it. We cannot see it. So I, I must begin a relationship with Jesus. Secondly, I must ask God in faith to open my eyes. I must ask God in faith to open my eyes. We sang the, the song before, didn't we? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Uh, whenever we used to sing that song in my last church, my dad would always say to me, Richard, your, your heart doesn't have any eyes. Your heart doesn't have any eyes. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but it makes sense in the fact that our, our hearts are opened to God and we see God. That's why we say open the eyes of my heart. It's a spiritual thing that happens when God speaks to us. So I must ask God in faith to open my eyes. Open my eyes that I may see. This was one of our previous memory verses. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. We need to ask we need to ask more. We just need to keep asking. We just need to keep on asking all the time. Just keep asking. I must ask God in faith to open my eyes. And then thirdly, I come with a humble attitude. I come to God with a humble attitude. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. We come to God in humility, humbly asking of God. And uh, in this verse that I was our text for the year last year, trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on your understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledging God in every area of your life, humbly accepting that we can't do it on our own. We need God to be with us, and we need him to illuminate scripture for us. So I come with a humble attitude, and then fourthly, I cleanse my heart of sin and conflict. I cleanse my heart of sin and conflict. There's all sorts of conflicts going on in the world, but there's also conflicts going on within our own hearts that sometimes prevent us being able to see what God is trying to say. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. And then in, in 1 John, John says, Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. When we keep unforgiveness in our hearts, when we keep those conflicts, it affects our relationship, not just with the person that we are in conflict with, it affects our relationship with God. And we end up walking around in darkness because we're not allowing the light of God to shine in our lives. 
So, I cleanse my heart of sin and conflict. And then finally, number five, I commit in advance to do what God says. I commit in advance to do what God says. I'm going to live my life by following what God says. Not by what I want, not by what other people want, but by God's word and what God has said. I'm going to follow Jesus. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. As we said before, you know, it's not just about learning the word and loving the word. It is about living it. It's about doing it. Do not merely listen to the word, says James, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And during these 40 days, what we're trying to do is encourage people to do exactly that. To live in the word, uh, to love the word, and to learn the word. So that the word is actually impacting our daily lives. So that as we read scripture and we apply it to our lives, and we live in conjunction with what scripture says. So if, if somebody upsets us, we look at scripture and it says forgive. And you say, well I don't want to forgive. Well... If you want to follow Jesus, you have to. There's not a choice in this. God sometimes makes it very simple. You just have to forgive. And if you decide in advance that you're going to do what God says, it makes it easier. I don't know about you, but sometimes I kick about, I kick against what people tell me to do. You know, someone tells me to do something, and there's something within me that wants to rebel. Something within me that says, well, I've got, a, I've got an idea and I might have a better idea. And sometimes if we're not careful, that's how we live our lives. We think we have a better idea than what God has said. And when we ignore God's word, what we're basically saying is that I know better than God. So somebody's really hurt me, I'm not going to forgive him, even though God's word says I should do, because I know better than God. Well, no. If we follow that road, we are going to continue in the darkness. We're not going to allow God's light to shine. And the thing is, when God's light shines on the word and it illuminates and helps us, it helps those around us. Because we're living in the word. And it will affect not just ourselves, but those around us. So this week, let's continue in the 40 days in the word. Read those daily readings. Go to a small group. Get the pod, get that little uh, thing on your computer and listen to the podcast every day and allow the word. But remember to pray that the Holy Spirit will illuminate what God is saying before you read it.